This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the The whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Bunkers Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. Always taking a big breath. Here he is, your co-host, Andy Hart. <gasps> hey, Art! <laughs> Whew, I am winded. Wow. You big old windbag. Oh, you? man. I just finished eating a sandwich, and I am out of breath. Well, how are you? Oh, now? boy. You know, I would say I'm out of shape, but I've been the shape for a while. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Well, Andy, do you ever just get tired moving your arms and legs and being alive? <laughs> Jesus. Yes, I do. I do. I, uh, I I actually identify with that a lot. But I would say, Andy, you got to be careful with all this food that you're eating because you don't want to end up like a big gray man. That's that's true. I don't want to get sick and end up with a terrible coloration that makes me gray. Because I'm so ill from eating. I'm so ill, dude. You're so Beast. ill. I'm a beastly boy. You're a beastly boy. I'm a beastly boy. A beastly boy who lives on the mountaintop. We, we're talking about a one of the perennial uh, beastie boys today of cryptid of the cryptid, cryptid? rap game. Yeah. Uh, the Crip hop. <laughs> I don't know. That one might be. Yeah, that might be. I'd better probably, not, probably better <laughs> rethink that one. There's too many different directions you could go with that. Nobody's going to immediately assume that that's cryptid hip hop. <laughs> Well, regardless, we are talking about one of the biggest names, maybe not the biggest names, but one of the, I think one of the uh, underground names of the Crip Hop game. This is the Big Gray Man of Ben McDuy. The Big Gray Man of Ben McDuy. And this came to us from a listener. It did come from to us from a listener from a very long time, if not OG. I I would say OG. Perhaps OG. OG. OG Bunk Funker. Of the OG Bunk bunk rap game OG bunk, yeah, bunk one, one of the OG bunk hoppers uh, Chris Devlin Chris Devlin many, out of the North Sea me, great episode suggester many times oh, over great one. suggested episode topics yeah. and everyone has been a smash hit oh yeah uh, people are always writing into us and saying please more episode suggestions from Chris Devlin and in what we many try. bunk funkers are calling a topic beast topic beast yeah he's a beast of suggesting topics he's like an anthropomorphic topic suggesting machine that's right and uh, this I is heard no once different. I heard once that they built a machine to suggest topics for this show and they put it in a room 
with Chris Devlin, and he suggested so many topics at such an incredible rate of speed, and they were all so good that the machine started to spark, and it caught fire, and it blew up. It's true. I heard that story as well. And it's true. It happened. We got a couple of letters from some lawyers about that. Yeah. But we get so many of them, we just shred them. We shred them all. Shred them all. You know, you can't cease and desist something that you never started not doing. (laughs) Wink, wink, wink. That is legal advice. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we do give legal advice. So please, bunk funkers, write us in with your legal questions and we'll give you legal advice. Uh, but bunk fuckers, here's, here's a little piece of legal advice for you. If you want to skip right to when that topic starts, all this cryptid goodness, this is a cryptid, not unlike Bigfoot. Maybe we could call it the Scottish Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, if you can't wait to get to all that good crypt, cryptid goodness, uh, as always timestamp in the episode description, check it out. It'll tell you when the research starts because first we need to talk about our lives in the bunker. Our lives in the bunker. It's the lives of the daddies. Daddies and their family. It's my life in the bunker. I don't want to live forever (laughs) because it's so fucking sick down here. It's my life. (laughs) That was my talk box. (laughs) Richie Sambora, ladies and gentlemen. Richie Sambora, Andy, what's going on today with our? Uh, we've got a, we've had a lot. We've had a quite a day. We've had quite a day. This has been, <laughs> excuse me, but uh, for you Scottish listeners, a pain in our arse. Yeah, real today. fucking load of shite. Yes. If I could say so myself, <laughs> you can't say so yourself. We're daddies. We're daddies, of course. We are raising our two children, uh, our teenage undead Sasquatch son, Peon Musk, and our adult baby, David Crosby. And lately, okay, we've been really hammering Peon yeah. about his bona fides for the college application process. Now, look. You got to think about it. You got to think about it. And grades are important. Grades are important. Um, but maybe even more important is your extracurriculars. Oh, these colleges nowadays, if you want to go to a good college, they want a well-rounded student. They don't want somebody no. who's a bookworm. Nope. They want somebody... Who's involved in things. They, 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 you know, and what, what better age to really put the, really fucking twist the arm and put the screws to a future student than when they're, you know, 15, 16 years old, forcing them to study constantly while Mm -hmm. their body is going through changes. They have to play sports. They Mm -hmm. have to wake up early. They have to go to bed late. They have to study. They have to do extracurriculars. They have to do charity. This is the time to really prove yourself for the rest of your life. Yeah, and it's really good to underscore, I think, for right. for kids who are this age that if they make one misstep, they right. are literally ruining the rest of their lives right. and they'll have no prospects Right, and there's and no should, recovery. And here's the thing, and here's my idea. It should all culminate around one standardized test for the entire country. I think that's a great idea. One, just there's one. There's too many you standardized too many, tests. You don't need all these tests. There's too many assessments. We need one too standardized test across the country. That's right. And you either do good enough to get into college or- you're not allowed to participate in society anymore. Right, right. And, and you, you go live on an island. You can't The island of dreams. misfit people. <laughs> I'm not a tropical island. No, no. No, no, no. No, this is a glacier and it's going to melt. <laughs> so study hard. <laughs> and that's and how just we... keep in mind that a rising tide doesn't raise all ships in this case. No. 
It just means more boats underwater. That's right. You know, so <laughs> you got to work even harder because there's only so many spots that you can get admitted to college. <laughs> and that's how it should be. That's the game nowadays. And I don't think you should be allowed to switch careers either. Once you make a choice, <laughs> you're locked in forever. You should never be allowed to do anything other than that. And that's, and that's well, we're now we're getting into what we think about college, which is that you should know and realize what you, you should do. have to pick before you enroll. Right, right, And right. you should not be allowed to switch your major. No, no, no. You should not be allowed to double major mm -mm -mm. or take a minor nope. unless it supports the thing that you're already majoring in. College should be a very serious process. Right. And there should, should be no self-discovery. You should know yourself right. before you get to college. Yeah. And why are there so many general education credits? Is that really what we should waste our time on? There needs to be just... More job training. College should be about job training. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we've been trying to hammer this home to peon. Uh, yeah. It doesn't seem to be getting through his thick skull. It we is need very a, thick. A ball peen instead of a rubber mallet. And we, yeah, you know, a ball peon, a ball peon hammer, a ball so, peon hammer. I mean, but he did. He did make an effort. Fair. He decided to join his school's show choir. Now. If you're not familiar with the concept of show choir, it's it's singing. It's, it's fucking dancing. cool. It's it's you know it's so, like it's like Glee Club but cooler. Yeah, this is like this is the the Chad version of Glee Club. Right. It's not just singing. This is singing and dancing. This is where people who are more talented than improv go to actually do cool right, shit. Right. People who are triple threats. Right. They can sing. They can dance. They can act. Right. These are for the really talented, really cool people to right. be involved in. And so Peon Musk, of course, made it in. He's got a beautiful singing voice. Oh, extremely light on his feet for a Sasquatch. They always need, you know, there's all these, all these, these young boys or tenors. Peon comes in with that bass baritone. Oh my God. And you literally know, shaking the rafters when he, when he howls. And you know, so much of show choir is about the dancing, the performance, and nobody lifts the other dancers <laughs> quite like Peon. And there have been a few injuries because... Oh, many an injury. He doesn't know his own strength. Uh, the school actually had to take out insurance on allowing Peon into the club because he has thrown so many uh, young students into the rafters mm -hmm. and broken down lights, broken down pieces of the catwalk, the set, um, the... Uh, the, 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 the uh, proscenium, the, uh, the, sta the mm -hmm. stage... Um, his perineum. <laughs> What's the fucking word? Huh? What's the fucking word for like a big stage that goes out into the audience? Uh, I forget. Oh boy. Whatever. Fuck it. I don't know. They've had to I'm reinforce not a theater it. dork like you. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm taking, it's all the stage to me. They had to reinforce it because peon is stomping all over. He's putting yeah. holes in it. That's so, true. um, you know how I feel all the world's a stage. Baby. So, Shake Shack, Shake Shack Spear Shake, over here. Shake Shack Pickle Spear. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, everything's a stage. <laughs> and everybody's just a guy doing a thing on the stage. <laughs> to be or not to be. All ass, poor burger. Either it is or it ain't. <laughs> Adios, Horatio. <laughs> Out, out with the cheese sauce. God damn, I can't get this cheese sauce out of my fucking shirt. God damn it. Double bubble, boil in trouble. Where's my milkshake? <laughs> hey, I'm Billy Shakespeare, Shakespeare, Pickle Spear. Shakespeare. Oh, oh. Hickory Doc. <laughs> According to the clock, it's time for you to give me a burger. 
The, the poet. To order or not to order a fried chicken sandwich on the side. I don't know. <laughs> to order or not to order pickles. The uh, the Shakespearean, the Shakespearean equivalent of harassing fast food workers. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Shake Shack Picklespear. And they will remember me on St. Crispy French Fries Day. On St. Crinkle Cut Fries Day. Well, Henry V. Wow. <laughs> stretching. Art stretching his uh, literary muscles I'm here I'm trying today. to remember. I'm trying to remember him. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Peon joined his show choir, mm-hmm. which sounds great, right? We're happy about that. But here's where the bullshit comes in. So we got to go to a recital, which is expected. But what the fuck? He's looking really cute in his sparkly tuxedo. Mm-hmm. He's doing his little show tunes or whatever. Oh, yeah. But the damn school schedules it on Applebee's night. What the fuck is this? This is fucking bullshit. You know, I've been talking to Superintendent Chapool, and I'm about to have some fucking words with him. I think it's about time. You know, look. And I know he keeps saying, I don't I don't plan the events. I don't plan the events. I'm more like high level. I'm doing budgets. I'm looking at the curriculum. And I'm saying, shut the fuck up. You know, if there's one thing, return my letters. If there's one thing Art and I have learned, it's that never deal with people who can actually control the situation. Go as far above their heads as you can. When, when, when That's why I wrote the Supreme Court of the United States about this issue. Well, that and when we had an issue with with some of our garbage disposal, I fucking wrote a letter to the president. Yeah. I said, take care of this shit right now, motherfucker. Yeah. Come down here from yeah. the White House, your white ivory tower. Yeah. And fix my garbage. Fix my garbage. It fell over in the wind. Fell over in the wind and the garbage people didn't want to pick it up. And I was like, this is a load of horse shit. This so, is a load of horse shit. You know, and a lot of people were like, you should just talk to, you know, uh, sanitation within the bunker, you know, uh, county. I said, I'm going up the chain. Yeah. That's no. how you get stuff done. No, you don't. You never talk to customer service. You go to the CEO. Right. Yeah. You 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 find the CEO's email online yeah. and you email them directly yeah. and and you threaten lawsuits until they address you. You know, I had a problem with Microsoft Word. I couldn't figure out how to bold letters. So who do I talk to? Bill Gates. I went to Seattle. I went to his house. I said, Bill, the fuck? I can't figure this out. How do I bold? And you know what? Bill Gates refused to answer that question. He tried to have sex with me. (laughs) He tried to have sex with me. And then I said, all right, fine. Let's have sex. But I, because I really wanted to figure out how to bold stuff in Microsoft Word. You know what he wants to do? This fucking freak. He wants to jump over me like a chair. Yeah. That's how he has sex with people. He's trying to leapfrog. He'd leapfrog. But his little dingling, it drags the top of your head and he does I that know, whole he's bunch. He's smacking me in the head with his little peener. Yeah, he does that until, until he, you know, until he ejaculates. He kept saying, call me Windows Vista. Call me Windows Vista. And I was like, why? What the fuck? This is weird. I don't know how to bold stuff in Word. Never figure that out. And that never washed out of your hair either. Yeah, my hair's all fucked up. He's got a slimy dick. Yeah, real that Bill Gates. Real slimy dick. Anyway, peon. Anyway. It's looking great, but Applebee's night? I mean, Jesus this Christ. is bullshit. It so, is a little bullshit. So whatever. We go to we're like, fine. I guess we won't get any strange tonight. I guess we'll make a sacrifice for our children, whatever. As if we don't sacrifice everything already for them. Yeah, I know. So we go to the stupid show choir recital <laughs> at the stupid school. Yeah, I gotta spend my whole night to see a bunch of other kids, 30 other children, and I just want to see one. I want to see one. Just why can't Peon be our private dancer and just do a personal show choir show for us in the comfort of our own home? 
before we go to Applebee's. But instead, he's got to do the whole thing. So we go to the this whole song and dance. The whole song and dance. So we go to this friggin' recital, and it's great. It's amazing. Whatever. Uh, but this, it's weird. It was this, a little strange. A little strange because the the kids were. It's like accompanied by some recorded music, but there's also mm-hmm. a piano mm-hmm. on stage, mm-hmm. and it's like a player piano, mm-hmm. and. The piano sounds really out of tune. Oh yeah, and it sounds like it's just somebody making the noises of a piano, going pa 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 pa. There's no, there's no, you know, you can't. There's no chords. It's just single notes, and it's a very, it's a very odd shaped. It's a very lumpy piano. Like it doesn't look. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it other than a lumpy piano. Yeah, it was like it got warped in water or something. Yeah, there was like it's been dropped or something's going on with this Something's piano. Something's wrong with this piano. Yeah. And so it, you know, it was on the fritz the whole night. So anyway, the recital ends and all of a sudden this piano like starts shouting. Yeah. And it's like, Andy and Art, it's me, Mr. Bunker. I'm inside this piano. This is just a costume. It's not a real piano. And this piano stands up and it looks like a person. <laughs> Just wearing like a cloth costume, and then it kept he he. But then, then it said something else. It, it tried to like fit into the show tunes things. It went Yamaha ha 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 ha, Yamaha ha 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 ha. It's me. I said, this show fucking sucks. Yeah, this was superintendent's gonna hear about this. Super, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whoever's directing the show choir is letting this thing get off the rails. So then, uh, then this this piano starts shouting at us about oh, you know. It's like, it's me, Mr. Bunker. I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna here. abduct you yeah, again. I'm capture you. I'm this is this how stuff. it's gonna happen. And it's like, I don't know what musical this is from, but I don't remember this. I've never. Seen I was this on one. my phone looking up the Applebee's menu, thinking <laughs> we, I wish I was there. Yeah, wish we just like to look at the menu and imagine being at Applebee's. Yeah, that's our happy place. <laughs> so then, then this piano starts like playing itself it starts pressing its own keys right. and going pop 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 right and then it it's it's just like playing with itself and then it just starts all of a sudden this is like spontaneous jazz it's just jazzing everywhere it's like skeet dot doodly doot skeet 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 pop 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 pa doot 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 there's scat there's skeet it's jazzing everywhere and it's <laughs> it's just like this pe- this somebody needs to subdue this piano or turn it off it's clearly electrified or something <laughs> so this thing is just jazzing all over the place. I mean, it's fucking gross. I mean, it's gro- I mean, it's gross. It's horrible <laughs> to have to sit there and watch a piano just jazz all over you. Jazz all in our faces and in our ears, and we can't do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, how am I going to wash out all that jazz? Yeah, I mean, we we tr- we came home and tried to shower, and it's like you can't get that jazz out now. It's stuck in our heads. This jazz is so sticky, it just gets stuck in your head. Oh God! So we're covered in jazz. Yeah, we're sitting there like exhausted because we're Ugh. so weak from not having Applebee's for forty-eight hours. If I don't get my fix. Ooh, my blood sugar. Yeah, exactly. So this piano is just jazzing all over the place. Just, I mean, just huge loads of jazz, spraying jazz all over the auditorium at the school. Just <laughs> the janitor's gonna have a field day. I know. I mean. It's just, uh, it's it's crazy because, I mean, they're going to have to shut the thing down and power wash it because there's jazz everywhere. It's gross. It's, it's jazz. Gross. I mean, it's it's just, it's jazz everywhere. So anyway, 
the piano then came and like swooped us up like a condor. It used its cloth costume to flap its wings and scooped us up in some talons and then dropped us. Yeah, we were tangled in its like wires and then dropped us into the bunker and then here we are ready to record. Trying to get this jazz off of us. So we're we're in an uncomfortable mood, bunk funkers. We didn't get our Applebee's and we're covered in jazz. (laughs) No Applebee's. We had to sit and watch a piano play with itself until it jazzed all over us. And third, it pretty much ruined Peon's show choir recital when he did such a good job. I know, he was about to do his little solo. I don't want to see my, I don't want to have my teenage son have to watch a piano jazz all over no, it's fucking a, a disgusting. audience full of parents. No, it's disgusting. He, yeah, and he was going to do, he was going to do. David s- Crosby can't be jazzed on. No, I mean, that's very inappropriate. It's inappropriate for a baby. It's incredibly inappropriate. You don't expose a baby to jazz. So, needless to say, we are going to be sending a typed, handwritten letter. Um, This is a, and what I mean by that is that I took a typewriter apart, changed out all the keys with my handwriting, and it's a typed, handwritten letter to Superintendent Chapool. People keep saying it's incredibly illegible. You guys are not typesetters you guys don't know how to work a typewriter or any kind of yeah okay so all the letters aren't in a line yeah you can still get the gist of it like so what it's not in qwerty and i'm missing a bunch of keys big fucking deal yeah read the letter dummy it's look i mean what the fuck is reading anyway these people get on their fucking high horses is reading about every individual letter no it's about a collection (gasps) of letters that represent a fucking idea you don't need all the same letters to represent the idea. You fucking idiots who complain about <laughs> spelling and grammar and syntax and having all the letters in a word. You get the idea. Jesus Christ. We're fired up. I'm we're a little fired up, Bunk Yeah, we're but, fired up. But here's the thing. It's not all bad. We do have some good things to share with you. Okay? And that's because we have a bunker alarm. Oh, my God. We have a great bunker alarm. This is a great bunker alarm. This is a great bunker alarm. We A have... monster bunker alarm. Oh, 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 spoiler alert. It's a monster bunker alarm. Look, bunk funkers, here's the deal. Here's the fucking skinny bunk funkers. Listen up. <laughs> Listen up, Jack, because I'm only going to say this once. <laughs> Put your headphones, stick them closer to your ears. Take the cotton out of your ears, bud. Because Listen this here, is only Because this is coming at you. <laughs> Hot and fast. This is the scoop, Jack. Put your catcher's mitts on, bub. Because there's a little mustard on this one. <laughs> we, we have a new patron. Uh, oh God. So we have a new patron and we're so excited, we're so excited. to announce it uh, and to ring a bunker alarm for our newest patron, Tyler Ballou. Tyler Ballou. Tyler. Um, How do you do? Tyler honestly did one of the most flattering things that anybody's ever done for us very cool in that tyler invited us to a monster truck show this is 100 percent 100 true this is 100 this was our true. first introduction to tyler tyler sent a very lovely email lovely to the bunker email and uh was going to be in the greater chicago area uh working with um motherfucking monster, monster trucks. trucks and invited us to the monster truck show that's right and uh honestly there's no quicker way to our heart besides inviting us to a fucking monster truck show yeah i mean the only the only way this could have gone better is if tyler offered to take us to applebee's <laughs> before or after or both or both um but sincerely one of the greatest uh you've heard of wine and dine this was a truck and fuck yeah truck and fuck <laughs> so tyler wanted to ch- 
He offered us the old tr truck and fuck. Uh, wine me, dine me, 69 me, or yeah. truck me, fuck me. <laughs> and let me tell you, bunk bunkers, monster trucks require monster fucks. Yeah, yeah. So we give a monster fuck to you, Tyler. We give a monster fuck about your patronage, your support. We really appreciate it. And we want to send you this bunker alarm to you. <laughs> Uh, we sincerely are grateful, Tyler. We're so happy to have you as our newest patron. <laughs> this bunker alarm, this That's is right. for you. We're gonna we're gonna fire up the old bunk tech bunker alarm three thousand, and let's see if we can find a tr truck and fuck. Let's find a truck and fuck. Truck version. and fuck. Yeah. All right. Here we go. <laughs> wow. Ooh wee! And he's firing up the engines. Yeah. <laughs> The Bunk Tech Bunker Alarm 3000 is also diesel powered. <laughs> the most it's not eco-friendly. No. Nothing in the bunker is. Not no. even me. Okay. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, ow. That didn't sound good. Oh, jeez. Ooh, boy. Need some oil. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is a fun one. Okay. Um, so, Tyler, this bunker alarm is for you. And we're going to do an old-fashioned countdown because we're old-fashioned men. That's right. Uh, so three, two, one. Truck <laughs> 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 Wow. Great bunker. That was a great one for Tyler. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, that's that's one you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be proud to show that one off. Yeah, I think you'll make that your new alarm for uh, getting <laughs> up in that, the morning, waking you up in the morning. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler, thank, thank you, you so much. Uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate your support. We appreciate your kind words. Oh, a so generous kind. offer. Um, everything about you, we appreciate. That's right. And Tyler also sent in a topic, so you never know. Might be seeing some more of Tyler. Yeah, might be here Tyler's later. name sometime soon. You never wink, know. Wink, wink, wink. But uh, we have another great topic to get to today. All you cryptid heads, you cryptid fans out there are going to love this you, one. You hiking freaks. You hiking freaks. You, uh, you, you, you little, you scotch lovers. Yeah. So pop open an iron brew and get yourself some, some haggis on a, on a croissant. Ah, <laughs> oh, the famous French uh, Scottish croissants. Get some haggis on a croissant and uh, get ready for a the croissant. Uh, the uh, get ready for freedom <laughs> of the uh, the big gray man of Ben McDuey here on Mister Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. Hello. <laughs> Man, oh, frightener of climbers, oh, champion of the mist, oh, you're a master of creeping and terrorizing everyone. 
Punk Funkers, if it wasn't obvious from that musical intro, today we're taking a trip to the foggy highlands of Scotland. Get out of my swamp! Indeed, Arthur, for today we're <laughs> headed to the mountains. We're on the hunt for a cryptid of some renown known as the Big Grey Man of Ben McDewey. This creature has been harassing hikers for a long time, and we're going to get to the bottom of it by going to the top of a mountain. Specifically, we're going to the top of Ben McDewey, a 4,295 feet tall. Ben McDewey is the uh, highest point in Scotland's Carngorm. Carngorm. Grom. Carngorm. Gorm. Carngorm. Carngorm. Carngorm Mountain Range and the second highest peak in all of Scotland. It was here on Ben McDewey in 1891 where University College London chemistry professor J. Norman Colley was hiking alone. Professor Colley was a respected chemist and he was even somewhat of a scientific pioneer. Colley was one of, if not the first person to apply X-ray photography to use in surgery. Kali also coined the term uh, polyketide to describe compounds in multiple uh, ketomethylene groups, which Kali proposed were important in biosynthesis of a variety of natural products. Whatever that means. I have no idea. Congrats. <laughs> Good job, Norman Kali. <laughs> uh, for something I can understand, though, Kali also built the first neon lamp. Oh. So, uh, hey, the next time you go to Las Vegas... Scream into the desert air. Thank you, J. Norman Colley. <laughs> That's what I scream during sex. Uh, to be fair, though, it's because I am having sex with a J. Norman Colley blow-up doll. <laughs> Something about that gaunt figure. Ooh, it gets me hot. Oh, Jesus. Anywho, while scientists are generally known for their prowess in the outside of doors, Colley was even more of a skilled outdoorsman than most other chemists, if you can believe it. In fact, Colley was a respected figure in the world of climbing. He was a trailblazing climber, making 21 first ascents on peaks in the Rockies in Canada. Today, one mountain in Canada and one in Scotland are named after Collie. You can see why I'm horny for even a facsimile of this hunky egghead. You can see, clearly. <laughs> Despite these many achievements, Collie is maybe remembered more for what happened to him on Ben McDewey in 1891. Now, here's what Collie said during a speech he gave at the 27th annual general meeting of the Carngorm Club uh, in Aberdeen, Scotland, in 1925. I was returning from the cairn on the summit in a mist when I began to think I heard something else than merely the noise of my own footsteps. For every few steps I took, I heard a crunch, and then another crunch, as if someone was walking after me, but taking steps three or four times the length of my own. I said to myself, this is all nonsense. I listened and heard it again, but could see nothing in the mist. As I walked on and the eerie crunch, crunch sounded behind me, I was seized with terror and took to my heels, staggering blindly among the boulders for four or five miles, nearly down to Rothimerkus Forest. Whatever you make of it, I do not know, but there is something very queer about the top of Ben McDewey, and I will not go back there again by myself, I know. Ooh, creepy. Kali's story was the first officially recorded account of something on Ben McDewey. After a story on Kali's speech appeared in print in the Karngorm Club Journal, uh, other people 
uh, also came forward to report strange happenings uh, on and around the Karnan Gorms. God, if I'm saying that wrong, I'm fucking sorry. You can write in, you can shame us, but I'm sorry, okay? Any of our <laughs> Scottish listeners. Karnan Gorms. Kali uh, had enough credibility to not be ridiculed for sharing his experience, which encouraged others encouraged others to share their own stories. I guess that's why nobody believed me when I said a ghost ate all the Halloween candy my wife bought for trick-or-treaters. Yeah, well, Andy, don't get me wrong. Your credibility is non-existent, but uh, in this case, nobody believed you uh, because you were dressed as a ghost. So it really felt like you were admitting to it kind of in a roundabout way, which is how you're, you kind of, you're, that's your modus operandi. Mm. Get it? Yeah, operandi. I, I guess it makes sense. But it was a ghost and not me. Yeah. Uh-huh. A ghost ate that candy. <laughs> My fingers were only covered in chocolate because I was picking up the wrappers that the ghost left. <laughs> Anywho, after Kali's speech was published, he got a letter from a fellow chemist and mountain climber, a classic combo like macaroni and cheese. Chemist and climber. <laughs> um, the chemist, Dr. A.M. Kellis said that he and his brother, Henry, were on Ben McDewey near the summit when they both witnessed a large figure coming toward them. The figure disappeared in a dip for a second, so the two got the hell out of there. The presence on Ben McDewey described by Collie came to be known as Amphirlith Moor in Scottish Gaelic, which translates to the big gray man. In another encounter with this creature, Hugh D. Welsh, a climber, was on Ben McDewey with his brother in 1904. During their climb, both heard, quote, slurring footsteps as if someone was walking through water-saturated gravel, end quote, and they both felt, quote, frequently conscious of something near us, an eerie sense of apprehension, end quote. The brothers got back to their lodgings and told their tale. They were informed, quote, that would have been the fearlieth more you heard, end quote. But this big gray man wasn't limited to just marauding mountaineers on Ben McDewey. No, no, no. Climber Tom Crowley was hiking on uh, Brereich, uh in the western Cairngorms, which is Scotland's third highest peak, while making his descent alone. Uh, Crowley was accosted by an enormous figure shrouded in mist. The creature had pointed ears, long legs, and huge claws on its feet. Needless to say, Crowley ran away. In 1939, Alistair Borthwick published a book on climbing in Scotland called Always a Little Further. The book contained two stories of encounters on Ben McDewey, which were similar to Collie's experience. Neither climber actually saw a creature, but both heard footsteps echoing their own footsteps, though not at the same rate as their own footsteps, leading the climbers to believe they weren't hearing the echo of their own footsteps, but the footsteps of something else. Borthwick also wrote that he was on Ben McDewey as part of a search party and asked some of the locals what they thought of these experiences and if there were uh, if there was, you know, something on the mountain. One of the locals said, we did not talk about that. What was this person hiding? Was this the creature, a local gamekeeper in some sort of costume like in Scooby-Doo? And he would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for that meddling author and his dog determination to get the truth. Anyway, in another account, a mountain climber who requested anonymity told fellow climber Richard Frere about an encounter with the big gray man. In 1940, while camping on Ben McDewey, 
This climber woke up in the middle of the night to find moonlight shining through a gap in his tent. The climber then realized there was a brownish colored figure in the moonlight. The figure moved away, so the climber peeked out of his tent to get a look and saw a big brown humanoid, humanoid creature, quote unquote, swaggering away. The climber described the creature's height at possibly 20 feet and said the critter had, quote, an air of insolent strength, end quote. You know, I also have an insolently strong aroma. And a strongly insolent personality, Andy. Very true. It's true. Yeah. Anywho, in 1958, an issue of The Scots magazine published the story of Alexander uh, hmm, Tunyon. Tunyon. Wow. That's an interesting word. Alexander Tunyon. In October 1943, Tenowin, uh, what is it? Tunyon. Tunyon summited Ben McDewey as the famous Scottish, Scottish mists rolled in. What is it? Tunyon? Yeah. Jeez, I can't pronounce that. <clears throat> it's throwing you for a loop. Tunyon said of the event, quote, The atmosphere became dark and oppressive. A fierce, better wind west among the boulders, and an odd sound echoed through the mist. A loud footstep, it seemed. Then another, and another. I am not unduly imaginative, but my thought flew instantly to the well-known story of Professor Colley and the fearleth more. Then I felt the reassuring weight of the loaded revolver in my pocket. Grasping the butt, I peered around in the mist here, rent and tattered by the eddies of a wind. A strange shape loomed up, receded, came charging at me. Without hesitation, I whipped out the revolver and fired three times at the figure. When it still came on, I turned and haired down the path, reaching Glendary in a time that I have never bettered. You may ask, was it really the fear layeth more? Frankly, I think it was. Many times since then I have traversed Ben McDewey in the mist, bivouacked out in the open, capped on its summit for days on end on different occasions, often alone and always with an easy mind. For on that day, I am convinced, I shot the only fear layeth more my imagination will ever see. Good lesson, bunkfunkers. Take it from Alexander Tenowin. Tunyon. What is it? You got it right. Tunyon? Yeah. Jesus. Alexander Tunyon. Tenowin. <laughs> Tunyon, if you hear something that freaks you out, just start shooting wherever the sound is coming from and keep firing until you feel safe. That's a great safety tip. That's how you do it. Even if his Alexander Tunyon shot the shit out of the great, the big gray man, he either didn't kill it or there's more of these things out there on the mountain. Mm. You see, bunkfunkers, the creature has not just been reported in the Cairngorms, but also in the Rothimurkus. Rothimurkus Forest, the very same to which J. Norman Colley fled after his run-in with the thing. It's even been seen in, wi in wider surrounding in the wider surrounding area, um, and much more recently than when Tunyon started blasting. So he started blasting. That was him. The Alexander Tunyon story. In the early 1990s, three blokes were wandering through a forested area near Aberdeen. Ahead about 200 yards, one of the men saw that what he described as a dark human-shaped creature run across the path. The other men looked ahead, and they all saw a face that was, quote, human, but not human. Looking back at them through the trees, one of the men threw a rock at the creature, and it ran away. Three weeks later, the men were driving near Aberdeen when a similar creature started chasing their car, 
running alongside as they drove near 45 miles per hour. The creature eventually stopped chasing them and stared as the men drove away. A friend of the men also reported that she was watched on two separate occasions by a similar creature while at a cottage in the Aberdeen countryside. Was the gray man stalking these other men and this one woman? Potentially pissed off that they threw a damn rock at it? Maybe. The creature seen by these hikers sounds similar to what others have said about the big gray man. The big gray man has generally been described as large, clocking in at about 10 feet tall, but some accounts say as tall as 30 feet. The creature has long legs and big claws on its feet, pointed ears, and is very hairy. Gray hair, hence the name. It has dark skin under all that hair, long arms and broad shoulders. While the gray man sounds beefy, witnesses report the creature is actually thin, not thick. It's been reported that when the big gray man appears, those crunching footsteps, just like Collie heard, echo all around the mountains. Some folks have heard the creature singing, humming, or laughing. It's also been said that the big gray man wears a top hat. Case confirmed. This is clearly a Looney Tunes character, like something, some kind of antagonist to Bugs Bunny. I, I, I'm all for it. Oh, what heights will hit to the summit of Ben McDewey? This is it. Anyway, on with the show. While all these descriptions of the Big Gray Man are rad as fuck, the creature is rarely seen. Generally, people who have encounters with the Big Gray Man report feeling their energy disappear, being terrified, and sinking into despair. Many are compelled to flee the mountain, even though they feel like they're being followed as they run. Some have reported being drawn, as if in a trance, to the edges of cliffs. The gray man may also be experienced as a large, dark, formless, blurry thing that blocks out the sky. Now, this is all very similar to what you'll experience going to the beach with Andy. And also, like a day at the beach with my co-host, people report that the gray man follows them along their hike until they become aware of its presence. Then it starts chasing them. I can't run very fast on the sand or very far anywhere, but I am patient. I'll get you. Okay, creepy. Uh, moving on. Uh, people keep having experiences with this big gray man. What is this thing? Well, some say the gray man was first assumed to be an evil spirit based on the way people felt after encounters with it. As a spirit, it was a large, blurry, humanoid figure. Uh, the early descriptions of this spirit led some cryptozoologist types to think that the gray man could be a cousin of America's original cryptid sweetheart, Bigfoot. Oh. The Gray Man and Bigfoot have sort of similar description, you know, even some similar behaviors in terms of interaction with other people. As daddies of an undead teenage Sasquatch ourselves, we can absolutely attest to Bigfoot's being noisy, doing stalking, putting off homework until the last minute, and masturbating loudly. Jeez. These are all things people say the Big Gray... <laughs> these, I mean, these are all things that the people say the big gray man does. Right. They do now. <laughs> Welcome to the lore canon, those facts. Anyway, others have speculated that the creature is an extraterrestrial, or maybe even the spirit of the mountain itself made manifest. Some think the gray man is one of a group of five perfect people who have lived for billions of years and control the fate of the world, and who meet annually at a cave in the Himalaya Mountains. And yet still others say that Ben McDewey sits at the point of some sort of a portal to transport people between Earth and somewhere else. In this scenario, the Gray Man is a guardian of the portal. 
which I guess is kind of like the plot to the movie Congo, a film I have actually seen. You know, it's where some scientists go hunting for a blue diamond using the help of a gorilla that has a glove that can turn sign language into a digital voice. And the gorilla has like a crush on the primatologist. Uh, whatever. There's there's some sexual tension between the, the doctor and the gorilla. You can feel it for sure. Then they find a bunch of genetically modified gorillas guarding the diamonds or something. This is incredible, bunk boogers. You could watch any fucking movie on Earth, Andy. And out of the five movies you've actually seen, one is a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. Why the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I guess you could say I've really squandered my life. I would agree with that. I would say that, yeah. It's true. I have. Now let's talk about what skeptics have to say about the gray man on Ben McDowee. Skeptics, of course, these friggin' skeptics, say that the great big gray man is an optical illusion or a hallucination people experience due to oxygen starvation. Interesting take. Okay. The gray man has been suspected of being a figment of people's imagination, either by misinterpreting the environment around them or due to exhaustion or isolation. Noted skeptic and model prisoner, Brian Dunning of Skeptoid, <laughs> believes the sounds that climbers report in these gray man encounters are related to falling rocks or due to animals moving around on the mountains. The concept of infrasound has also been brought forth as a possible explanation. Infrasound is essentially low-frequency waves outside the audible range of human ears and can be created naturally by the wind. The phenomenon has been associated with, uh, you know, feeling anxious or uneasy, much the way that people feel around the gray man or around me and Andy. Hmm, same those, thing. Those feelings are warranted. You know, people in the Black Forest in Germany reported having similar experiences to those folks on Ben McDewey. Scientists studied the experiences of the German climbers and determined that they were only experiencing their own shadows and echoes of their own footsteps. There's a phenomenon known as Brocken specters, a.k.a. mountain specters, which was first observed way back in 1780 on Brocken in the Harz mountain range in Germany. The investigating scientist, Johann Silberschlag, discovered that in the fog, when sunlight was hitting him at a low enough angle, his shadow was cast onto the fog itself. Those Germans sure are great at figuring out mountain climbing phenomena, huh? They sure are. Anyway, here's how handsome Brian Dunning describes the Brocken Spectre phenomenon. Quote, Gently rounded summits like Brocken, Ben McDuey, and many others often create ideal conditions for this since you can stand facing downhill with the angle of the sun behind you matching the angle of the slope. If your shadow lands on the ground, it won't penetrate enough fog to create the effect. You want a long, deep shadow stretching off through the fog. That effect can be quite striking. The Brocken Spectre manifests itself as a very tall, very thin figure of a human, usually with disproportionately long legs. In many cases, a solar glory surrounds the Spectre's head. End quote. Dunning also points out that, not, that any light source can create a Spectre, not just the sun, and that the sun or the moon casts enough light that they can be uh, that they can create specters even if they're not visible to the climber due to the thick fog. In a similar way, I'm still able to tie my shoes even though they're not visible due to my thick hog. <laughs> oink, oink! <laughs> There's also evidence that Brock and specters have been experienced on Ben McDewey in the past. 
1791, while tending sheep on Ben McDewey, poet James Hogg claimed to see, quote, a giant blackamoor at least 30 feet high and equally proportioned and very near me. I was actually struck powerless and astonishment with, with astonishment and terror, end quote. Yikes! Yikes! Hogg freaked out and ran home. He came back the next day to the same spot and saw the same thing. But Hogg had used the night to friggin' get hard and wasn't going to let this booger man scare him off the mountain again. So Hogg did a little experiment. He took off his hat and noticed that the blackamoor did the same thing. Hogg then realized what he had seen was nothing more than his own shadow in the fog. Just a hog in the fog. (laughs) I guess you're a poet too. Yeah, well. This all goes to show that we ourselves are the scariest things in the world. And I know that's true for me. (laughs) I've never been more scared than of myself. It's also been suggested that Kali made up the story. (laughs) Either because he was drunk at the 1925 Ketangorm Club meeting. Or because he was asked to speak at the event at the last minute. And just, you know, made up the story because he was annoyed with the organizers. We've all been there. We've all been there. That said, a Kali biographer, Christine Mill, said Kali was a believer in the occult and often told campfire tales about Gaelic mythological figures and other legends. So, hey, maybe the speech was just a campfire tale. Kali was also reportedly a believer in the Loch Ness Monster, Aberdeen Rules. Fuck Dundee United. (laughs) There's any Dundee United listeners out there. Fuck you, Aberdeen Rules. Oh no, what have we done? (laughs) Fuck you, Dundee United. Go Aberdeen. (laughs) Oh, now, bunkfunkers, it's fairly controversial to say Kali made up the story or was just spinning a yarn. Kali has his defenders who say it wasn't in Kali's personality to make things up or have fun. But even if Kali didn't make up the story, he certainly wasn't the only one telling porkies about the gray man. John Allen of the Cairngorms Mountain Rescue Team recalled that in July 2004, the Cairngorms Rescue Team got a call from police about a man lost in the Cairngorms in the area of Ben McDewey and whose companion had collapsed. When Alan found the non-collapsed man, he found out that the man had never been in the Cairngorms before and had never camped at that altitude before. A couple of months later, the rescue team found out that the men told the press they were on Ben McDewey searching for the big gray man. They also told the press they were attacked by the gray man, which is why they had such a bad experience. Of course, the story was made up. The men were not adequately prepared for the poor weather that night on Ben McDewey. There you have it, bunkfunkers. The tale of the big gray man of Ben McDewey. If we've learned anything today, it's really about trail safety. I mean, be aware when hiking or climbing, please. Too often, novice climbers head into the hills with inadequate equipment or lacking knowledge of the area. It's always a good idea to make sure you're fully prepared before you set out on any outdoor activity. Really. But especially true if you're going to climb a damn mountain. Of course, once you've prepared, be sure to keep your wits about you. Rocks can shift and weather can change suddenly. You might even be having a great, great climb when all of a sudden you feel like something is watching you. Your mind tummy starts to rumble. You're feeling uneasy. You hear the inane babbling of two idiots. Where is it coming from? You look to your left, nothing. You look to your right, nothing. Then you turn around, and staring at you right in the face is the whole enchilada. 
Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Hey, welcome back, Bunkfunkers. That was a research of the big gray man, the fear life more of Bin McDway. Get me iron brew. And my axe. And my axe. You ever had an iron brew? No. God. Can I just fucking talk about Scotland a little bit? Sure. God, I want to go back so bad. What a beautiful country. Great people in Scotland. Uh, Beautiful countryside. I spent most of my time. I never saw the big gray man, Andy. I'd love to go see a big gray man. But I spent most of my time in in Scotland climbing Arthur's Seat. Climbing wow. my own rear end. Wow. And that's not a sexual thing. That's an actual, I guess it's a hill. I don't think it's a mountain. Yeah. Uh, it's a hill and you can climb it. It's called Arthur's Seat. It's so right- you're not saying you went to Scotland to do a bunch of butt stuff? No, I didn't go to Scotland to do a bunch of butt stuff, Andy. Okay. However, Arthur's Seat is uh, very close to, I believe, the University of Edinburgh. And uh, I was staying at the University of Edinburgh and uh, in the dorms there, very Decent dorms, um, lovely campus there in Edinburgh, and uh, climbed it every like I climbed it like three different times. Watched the sunrise on it. Oh, it's great! Wow, beautiful. I would I would go back to Scotland in a heartbeat. To all of our Scottish listeners, thank you for having such a wonderful country. Yeah, I would love to go sometime, but I'm banned. You're from not allowed Europe. in the not well, allowed not allowed to go out of the United States. That's true. You're not allowed in the EU, but I guess the UK is. Well, that's not a true. part of that anymore. That's true. Maybe I'm allowed in the UK now. So you'd have, we'll to, have to check with the Brexit. Mm-hmm. You'll have to check with the Queen. Uh, we'll be writing some letters to the Queen. Right. Mm-hmm. We'll probably have to apologize for calling her a cannibal and doing an episode on how, on why she's a cannibal. Yeah. But uh, other but than I mean, that, you, you know, know, we pretty much have to start every letter that we write with an apology. We've got a template for that. We've for all the times we've we've talked. If about there's a person being... that exists, we've <laughs> insulted them in some way or another, yeah. even if just through our existence. <laughs> right. Um, no, Scotland is fucking awesome. I had a great time there. I would love to go see a big, uh, big gray man though. Have you ever worn a kilt? Yeah. Of course I bought a fucking kilt. And then I, uh, me and all my friends, we wanted to go like full fucking Scotsman nude under the kilt, climb the mountain. Mm-hmm. We didn't, we did wear undies. Okay. Under our kilts. So we climbed with undies, but only the kilt on, so that anybody climbing below us, yes, could see our underpants. But they couldn't see the full Scots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Talking taint. 
Yeah. It was just a little too chilly. A little too chilly. You weren't offering a full Scottish breakfast that morning. No, 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 no. Our little, uh, our little bangers and ass. Yeah, our little, our, our little bangers and mashes would have been nice and shriveled up because it was so chilly. Yeah. Uh, but we did, we did take our shirts. Your off. blood sausage. So uh, we, your little baked beans. This is so fucking dorky. Yeah, baked beans. Our full English. Your tomato slices. Grilled tomatoes. Your charred tomatoes. White toast fry fry bread um we we bought kilts uh-huh. uh and we bought swords mm-hmm. a sword which i still have which is in the bunker yeah it's right here yeah we use it for home defense we do what is we that get- a claymore that's a claymore yeah it's a full six foot long sword no it's a little mini sword that i had to have shipped specially Back home to the states because uh, while it is dulled, the point is still a little sharp. Do some damage if you put some force behind it. You do damage with anything if you put force behind it. Yeah, we uh, yeah we wore kilts and swords and then we climbed the fucking mountain or the seat with our kilts and our swords. And what so fucking lame? Were lo- locals looking at you like these fucking jokers? No, it was a bunch of tourists. I mean, oh. the uh, the fringe fest was in town, so mm-hmm. you had people from all over the world there to uh enjoy the french fest mm-hmm. and so plenty of tourists there climbing mm-hmm. it it's you know i think the university of edinburgh is like it's very much kind of in the center of edinburgh so this is like near the their royal mile mm-hmm. the, you know it's all touristy so but hey do any of our scottish listeners let let us know how big of a uh fucking you know dweeb we are for doing that let Art know. I didn't do it. I was you not involved. I've never sullied the uh, actual ground in Scotland. Yeah. Or Moldwood. Oh, we took a nap out on it, too? Oh, it was so great. God. <laughs> Napped on the top of the hill? Oh. So wonderful. Such a great time. What a great country. Anyway. Big Gray Man! What's up, dude? Hey, b- hey Big Gray Man. How you living? Andy, what do you think? Um, I'm a fan I, of this one. Is this even a cryptid? Let's be honest. Let's be real. How much of this is cryptid? I think that's, I think that's what we got to decide, right? Is it a cryptid? Um, I could be swayed. Sorry. Sorry, Scotland. I could be swayed. To what? That it's not call a cryptid? Me, call me blue and call me shoes because I'm blue suede shoes. I could be, I could be swayed. <laughs> well, all right, Carl Perkins. Put your pancakes back in your envelope because what are you saying here? <laughs> saying that... This could be a spirit. This could be a phenomenon. That's oh. not a cryptid. Oh, you think that it might be? You think it might be the spirit of the mountain? It might be some kind of spirit. It might be some kind of uh, weird phantom. It might be some it's kind a of ghost. Are those cryptids? I don't think those are. No, That's I don't cryptids think those to me cryptids. have to be creatures. It's a real creature. It's a flesh and blood critter, in yeah. my opinion. Carbon based. Yeah. Well, form. Does it have to be carbon based? Just got to be flesh and blood. I guess that's true. Is the Flatwoods monster a cryptid? Yeah. Is that an alien? It's a great debate. Extraterrestrial. Yeah. I think if it's an ET, it's not a cryptid anymore. No, I think so. So I think you got to cut the line off with the cryptids where they have to be critters. They have to be flesh and blood creatures that uh, are terrestrial. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, not that many people have seen the big gray man. Not a very, you know, I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if this one's making my mount cryptid more. I don't wow. think if there's room for the big gray man on there. Wow. 
All right. It's that's your prerogative. Um, that's why I tried to butter up the Scots up front by telling them how much I love visiting their country. I took tours. I saw a bunch of Highland cows. Uh, took tours of the uh, the Highlands and the what's the Lowlands? There's like Lowlands. Are these like troughs or some shit? Bunch of locks and shit. Oh man, so cool. Skyfall. <laughs> James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Skyfall. Scotland's, Scotland's biggest contribution <laughs> to human culture. Skyfall. <laughs> Fleming was a Scot, right? He was Scottish. No, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I just did. Maybe I just stuck my foot in my mouth. Maybe he was. I don't know. You know what? Here's the thing. I'm already in such a deep fucking hole for not being able to pronounce half the names in this story. That uh, yeah, you might as well go all. I might as well just fucking. You might as well go on and tell Scotland that you fucking hate their cryptid, their national cryptid, the big gray man of Ben McDuey, and that you fucking hate it, and it's stupid, and you don't think it's a cryptid, and it's lame, it's not supported by anything, and that it's dumb. You might as well tell them that because that's clearly what you feel. Sorry. Sorry. I'll fucking pop open an iron bra. With with any Scottish person any day, and I'll fucking chug it, and I'll have fun, and we'll share stories, and we'll fucking lift heavy objects all day long at the Scottish games. You hear that, Scotland? But Art's gonna chug it and tug it with you. I'll chug and tug with you You're all chug day and long, tug all day long. Uh, and and you know you could come over here and we'll do a truck and fuck. So chug, we'll, we'll chug and fun. tug over in Scotland, a truck and fuck here in the USA. But when it comes to this cryptid, listen. Here's the thing, though. Scotland has the Loch Ness monster. That's like saying you got like, it's like having the Yankees and the Mets before the Mets were good, right? Like, or the Loch Ness Monster is the Yankees. Yeah, the like this, this fucking is... winning cryptid. Everybody, people love the Loch Ness Monster. People say that Kali was a Loch Ness Monster believer. But who's fucking coming to Scotland just to see the big gray man, you know? Well, you know, um, Come on. the big gray man, kind of a bonus. You get to climb Ben McDewey, second highest peak in Scotland. How fun would it be to go to Scotland and do a cryptid tour? It would be a lot of fun. I would do that in a heartbeat. It'd be great to go on a worldwide cryptid tour. Uh, where in the world are uh, cryptids? <laughs> What's your take, though, Andy? You putting this guy in the the cryptid classifications, or are you taking him out? Um. Well, I think that I'm going to reserve that for my verdict. Do I think it's more of a cryptid, or do I think it's more of a a supernatural being? Sorry, Andy, let me just uh, take my shirt off and put my head on the bunker stump so you can chop my fucking head off with your executioner's axe. I'm just trying to ask you a simple question and you fucking shut me down. Well, you know, that's my specialty. Get asked a tough question and don't answer it even a little bit. Andy, ever the politician. Delay, 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 delay until people forget what they asked you. Deny, 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 skirt around the topic. That is Andy's motif. Deny, 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 deny. I don't know. Right. Save it for your verdict. Yeah. See I mean, I give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you this much. <laughs> Even if I said 100%, I think this is a cryptid, it's still not on my Mount Cryptid more. Yeah, that's true. Like, even if this is a full bore cryptid and I'm like, case confirmed, this is a cryptid, this is a real thing that stalks Ben McDewey, um, or like that's the most probable thing that it is a cryptid, it's not making my Mount Cryptid more. What about mountaineering? You like it? Mm hmm. I did this thing as today. a concept or for me, for you. Nah, not into it. You're not into hiking. I mean, you're I'm not into the outdoors. You're not into camping. I'm not into doing anything. Honestly, if I'm being real truthful with you, 
I'd rather just lay down <laughs> all day. That's such fucking bullshit. You do more shit than me. I'd rather just lay down all day. I I am the most sedentary person that I fucking know. I spend <laughs> I spend I think my entire day uh if I'm working remotely sitting on a couch or in a chair. Yeah. And then even if I'm in an office, I'm sitting in a chair most of the day. I am incredibly sedentary. You get up and move around more than me. Oh, I'm because restless. You have a family, you're going, you're doing stuff, you're taking your kid places, you're <sighs> fucking around, you're causing trouble, causing mischief. Fucking yeah. like renting bounce ha- bounce houses, going yeah. to home parties. You're doing yeah. all this crazy shit, dude. Yeah, well, I am. you act like you put on this facade that you're this fucking lazy piece of shit. You're doing more shit than I do. Well, I mean, it's a pretty low bar, I'll be <laughs> honest. So I guess thank you. But you're not a fan of camping. Uh famously. No, no. I hate camping. I think camping is stupid. Um, and if you like camping, I think you're stupid. Wow! Oh my god. Oh <laughs> fuck. <laughs> No, I I don't like it because it's like, why do I need to camp? I don't go to my house and not use electricity. (laughs) I don't have to go outside to not use electricity. There's like I don't do it at home. I could just do do that at home. I think the real problem is you don't want to be alone with your thoughts. (laughs) It's scary. (laughs) It's horrifying. You just don't like it. You don't like camping. I like all my modern conveniences and my how, comforts. I mean, but how far would you go glamping? Would you go stay in a cabin that had electricity, had modern comfort, but it is in a more rural? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, so it's there's a level because it's more like a resort. Then okay, I've done resort type. You of don't things. hate outdoor activities? No, I don't. Hate you just don't activities. like not having electricity. Yeah, and well, shitting outside. Yeah, which I mean, is I, ironic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, as a person who has to shit pretty much wherever. Whenever and wherever it happens. It is funny to think that I am opposed to it, but I like my toilet. I don't know. Camping to me is like, I have all these conveniences. I don't feel like it makes me like closer to nature to get rid of them. There's a certain, I mean, obviously these guys are mountaineers. They're not camping. There's there's a difference. but, But at the same time, even with camping, there is this level of like, EDC that's like fun that's like the fun of camping is everyday carry this like I've got all my little tools I got my hatchet and I've got my survival kit and I got my meal kit I've got my inflatable raft and I've got my backpack like there's a you whole you do have to know a lot about the meta of camping there's a meta with camping yeah. there is and there's like a culture around it like going to REI or these different places and buying all your little gear and like being like, these are my fucking camping pants and they got zippers on the knees so I can take them off so I can be ready for any kind of weather. It's like... There's a meta to everything, though. There's it's a meta like, to anything. If I went out right now today and bought, like, a camper to tow behind my bicycle... You're not towing a camper by a bicycle, you fucking dummy. No, no, it's hard work, but it's worth it. <laughs> Put yourself to work. <laughs> no, but, you know, if I go out and buy, like, a tow camper to bring behind my car or Yeah, yeah, a little pop-up. Or camper. I go buy an RV, like... There's meta to that too. You got to know how to like, you got to do the hookups and stuff. Cause you go someplace oh. where it's got water and sewage and you got to like, you know, know where to go. And, and you got to like be able to drive the thing. Like there's, there's meta to everything. I'm talking though, especially there's like camping even more so camping even more. So there's all these little gadgets and knickknacks and little things and your little pots and your pans and you're like cooking gear. And you're like, mm-hmm. um, I do like cast iron. You, you're a big cast iron fan. Have a heavy, a heavy 14 inch cast iron. Well seasoned at home. It's it's a it's a continual process. It's getting there. Yeah. 
It needs more. How work. long has it been seasoned? Well, it's the thing of like, if you don't use it the right way, you can run the risk of like, you know, stripping a little bit of the seasoning off. You got to like kind of build it back up. Fuck cast iron. No, cast iron's great. Suck my dick. Uh, I won't suck your dick. I'd rather Stop use... telling me to do that. <laughs> I'd rather I'm not going to do it. What is it? Ste- or like aluminum, whatever. Carbon steel? Yeah. Chef's, chef's equipment. You get the same exact sear, same exact crust with cast iron. Cast iron is a specialty pan. It's annoyingly, you can't wash it properly, can't stick it in a dishwasher. I don't want to use it. It's easy to clean. It's fucking bullshit to clean. Takes a little 10 TLC, but it's fine. Nah, you got to fucking stick it in an oven all the time. Oh, yeah, and it works great, though. Put neutral. I got to go buy neutral oils, like grapeseed oil and all that bullshit. Put it on there. Like, you can just use vegetable oil. <laughs> My question is- I use vegetable oil. How do you not cook acidic things in your cast iron because you're afraid of stripping it? Like tomatoes? Nope. Some people don't want to cook tomato products in their cast iron. It's a myth. Unless you don't have very good seasoning, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I could cook anything in my cast iron. I will say cast iron has its uses. Um, you know. But I don't think it's as ubiquitous and as widely it I think it is more specialty than than the YouTubers and the cooking meta. There's a cooking meta. Cooking meta leads on. You should go invest in all clad, invest in a good hundred dollar steel, whatever, aluminum, whatever it is, chef's. Pan. See, the problem with aluminum is that aluminum is an exceptional conductor. Okay. You can get it hot, but it cools off right away. Cast iron, terrible conductor. Get better at your cooking once, technique. Once you get it hot, it's hot forever. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, it's there's that's I think there's specific uses. I think I think if you are getting into cooking, the two things you should buy are a non-stick, probably 10 incher, and a 12 to 14 inch aluminum all clad pan and then maybe maybe if you want a 10 inch to 12 inch cast iron after you feel comfortable you want to get into more baking doing uh you like to do fucking little pan pizzas pizza's great in the cast iron yeah it's great for that pizza's a specialty item because you need you need you need stuff like a cast iron if you don't get a cast iron you need one of those like you need a hot oven. You need like an Oni, one of those Oni things or Unis, whatever they're called. Yeah, the little, little portable electric, pizza oven. Little portable pizza ovens or a Those specialty. things look pretty cool, I have to say. They are dope. If I did want to start making pizza, pizza is one of those foods where, I'm going to be honest, it's like ramen. I have no desire to ever make it at home because I can go get it at a reasonable price from a specialty place that will do it so much better than I could ever do it. I am so uninterested in making pizza at home. Wow. I'm sorry. Wow. You got to go so, because here's the thing. Here's my argument about pizza. What does pizza need? Low moisture mozzarella. Where can you get low moisture mozzarella? You can only get it from restaurant supply stores. No, you can get it at the store. You got to, but it's got to be that specific kind of like really nice. Is it low moisture mozzarella? Am I right? Or is it high moisture? No, you want low moisture. Yeah. Like fresh mozzarella, the problem with it is that Doesn't it's work. too much moisture. You can't. And so your dough will get a little bit soggy. You, you, that's why margaritas only use it in little batches. Right. But if you get if you get low moisture, which. That's the classic if you pizza go to topping. Your, if you go to a supermarket and you buy a brick of mozzarella, not the fresh mozzarella, but the brick of mozzarella, it's probably low moisture. But it's got to, you got to make sure it's got to be a certain type to really get that like classic New York cheesy kind of consistency that you see in pizza that browns real nice little bubbles the well sure you could add other stuff like provolone or yeah 
Nope. I don't know. There's just too much. You got to go to all the ingredients. Then Pecorino, you got to make the dough. Parmigiano on there. Oh, it's good. I just want to go get a nice, nice piece of pie. Nah, we had a pizza the other night at home. 48-hour cold ferment in the fridge. Oh, my God. It was great. But people say, oh, just you need- cheese. You need- and it was great. I want meat on my pizzas. Well, I'm sorry. That- there was no meat on this I pizza. I want them pepperones. I'm sorry. There was no meat on this pizza, and it was delicious. I would say, though, I think that I think it's it's got to be you got to go with the 12 to 14 inch aluminum because you can make you can make anything in that anything you want it to do a stir fry, do a stir fry. You want to cook a steak, get a great sear on a steak. Yes, you can do that in a cast iron. You can do it very well in a cast iron, but can stick the aluminum in the dishwasher. Hey, I have a variety of pans at home. I have an 8, 10, 12 inch nonstick. I think we can all agree, though, that you need nonsticks because need those non-sticks. are good for things like eggs. Those are good for other other. There's other uses. I to cook non-stick. eggs every day at my eight inch nonstick. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, that's been kitchen talk. Kitchen talk. Thanks for joining us here on Mister Bunker's Kitchen Time podcast. I want to get to the bottom of you and camping because I really <laughs> want to drill into this. I think this is what the bunkers came bunk bunkers came to this episode for. <laughs> They wanted to hear more about my relationship to Which, camping. So you won't go camping. You will go. You will go glamping. You will not go camping. Will you go RVing? Hmm. I probably wouldn't. Wow. I gotta make some calls. Why? Because you got an RV vacation scheduled for me. I was gonna. I was gonna get a cool RV vacation for me and my co-host. Um. Here's my problem with RVing. You got to do all that. You know, you're doing all that driving in that unwieldy RV. All right, let's say you don't have to drive. Let's say it's my RV and I'm inviting you. Wow. Andy's not interested. Okay. So I'm going to... If I was a rock star, I would probably be like, this bus sucks. All right. So I guess my next question, would you do like a pop-up tent? It's going to be a flat out. No. Yeah, forget that. RVing much more likely. So mobile home is pretty much the lowest you'll go when it comes to outdoorsy. Yeah. Invite me someplace to camp and have them build a custom mobile home for me on the site and we'll be good. (laughs) With a full functional shower, bedrooms, a kitchen, living room. Yeah. A loft. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. So I guess we figured that we got to the bottom of that. Yeah. Palatial mobile home is what I want. <laughs> Double wide. Ugh. I just not a big camping fan. You're not into it. Not that into it. You like comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm famously a big baby, and I don't like any in- sort of inconvenience in my life. And I complain about everything. So I want, the, I want all the comforts. You've lived the rural life. Yeah. You went to the bathroom in an outhouse <laughs> growing up. Uh, we had a spot for an outhouse, but there was no actual outhouse. Okay. So you had to put cement plumbing. in the hole. So we, yeah, we had indoor plumbing. You just did that for fun or was that a thing you actually needed? Yeah, I did go out. I did pee outside a lot. That's like the, the joys of living in the country is you could just pee anywhere you want. Nobody's going to see. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody cares. No reason to flush the toilet. Um, bunk fuckers, what do you think? What do you think about our what do you think about camping? Let us know. Who likes using the bathroom outside? And who Let likes us using know. the bathroom outside? Let us know. 
Email us, mrbuckerpod at gmail.com. What about you? You a hiker? You a climber? You a mountain climber guy? I love it. Yeah, I don't do enough of it. Uh, I wish I did more of it. Uh, Look, I don't mind hiking, but mountain climbing is a bit of a different thing. I would do both. Um, I would I would climb Cairngorm. I'm not like I would have climber. to prepare. I yeah. would have to prepare. I'm horribly out of shape. I get winded going up the stairs. Yeah. Because I'm so sedentary in my life. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind hiking, though. But you just want to go hike and then come home. Yeah, I want to go hike. I want to enjoy nature. And then I want to come back home. See, I have no problems camping either. I could do it as well. I think it's fun. Um, I don't do enough of it in my life. I wish I did more of it. I wouldn't mind camp. I wouldn't mind fishing. I wouldn't mind like doing other stuff that you do when you're camping. Yeah. You like all the activities. But I don't want to go home. But then you want to go home. You don't want to sleep in a tent. You don't want to sleep on the ground. Not sleeping bag. You know, I'm not not into hunting either. Yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm not a hunter. I've never been hunting. I mean, I don't give a fuck about fish, though. God knows I don't care about birds. I, the, the farthest I would go with hunting is pheasant. I would hunt like birds and shit and be like, yeah, I don't fuck about these birds. But a deer? Call me a hypocrite. Okay. You're a hypocrite. I could maybe do it. It seems somewhat sustainable, and I like that. Oh, it's very sustainable. You kill that animal, <laughs> and then you take all that meat, and then it's that's your meat. For could the you rest- ever kill enough deer to destroy the population? I don't think so. Well, and then you got to make sure that it's like, you know, Not a, uh, yeah, like you just got to make sure, yeah, it's like yeah. you're doing a sustainable thing. But it takes work. It takes a lot of work. You got to wake up early. You got to wake up early. You got to go in the Cover tree. yourself in piss. Tree st- <laughs> That's the part I'm most into is like hiding in trees and covering myself in piss. Yeah. And licking salt. Yeah. Wait, you got to really be the deer. I'm not the one who licks the salt. You got to be the deer to hunt the deer. Oh, fuck. But it's a lot of work to hunt deer. Listen, and you can't it, just walk out oh, there yeah. and shoot a deer. And I'm not one of these guys who's like, it's, I'm a fucking. It's like, dude, you showing up with a high powered rifle is not like, don't act like you're some fucking caveman hunter gatherer. Go hunt that deer without your camouflage and your uh, and and use a fucking old school bow and arrow, and then maybe I'll be a little bit more impressed. Wow, jeez, watch out, hunters! I'm just saying, art's coming at you. Well, you agree? Oh, sure. It's, I think it's impressive when people can, like... I mean, you, know, you get all hoity-toity, and then you're, like, showing up with a fucking scoped rifle, and, you know, you're killing a fucking, you know, deer from however far away. I think that... It's, it's I probably call yourself humane, a real though. hunter. You have to only kill with piano wire by strangling <laughs> the animal. Yeah, you have to turn the... You have to turn the... You have to ruin the, uh, I'm actually not a hunter. I'm an assassin and a spy. <laughs> I'm an animal assassin. I'm an animal assassin. So I actually infiltrate the deer's life. Pretend I'm a female deer. Do you uh, know, do you know why there were so many lassies? Yeah. Start, Lassie had a lot of enemies. <laughs> start gaining intel on that deer's life. You know why there are so many sports mascots? <laughs> it's a brutal world out there. Bulldog eat bulldog. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know, Andy. What we're kind of just talking out of our asses here. So, um, do you like these stories about the gray man? You like the stories or not? Um, they're all right. I think they're kind of lame. They're fine. They're I, I don't know if it's me. something to kind of write home about, but yeah. Uh, oh, I felt, I felt scared on a mountain. Okay, it felt uneasy. I felt scared on a mountain, and I it's heard foggy. some. I heard some noises. Yeah, it's like, oh, you could be, 
You could be me at home when I turn off all the lights. <laughs> I heard some noises and I felt scared. That's me when it's dark at home. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know what my fear is now? Look, you know I'm afraid of home invasion. That's true. Here's my fear now. I saw one of these videos. I actually saw a couple of them a while ago. I'm talking years ago. And I still think about it almost every day. About where some people lived in an apartment, like in an apartment building. Okay. And there was somebody else living in their apartment. Like they had like a, you know, there was like a ceiling tile or something that was loose. Like one of these drop ceiling tiles. Oh, that's super creepy. Like they had a room that was behind like a refrigerator or something. And so somebody lived back there, like uh, a person lived back there unbeknownst to anybody and would like come out in the middle of the night when nobody was awake and like steal food and like use the facilities and stuff. This is so fucking. I think fun. about that almost oh every day. Oh my god, day. Andy! You need to watch. You need to watch a movie. <laughs> there was a very there was an Oscar winning movie that was about this very thing and many other things. But what was it called? Anyway, there's a movie you need to watch, Andy. And I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> I'll be sure to watch it right away. <laughs> um, but I think about that almost every that's day. That's very fucking creepy. That's a great... Because uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, I have a laundry room that's right by the front door. And the way the lights are, I turn off the light. The laundry room is around the corner. Can't see it. I can see the door. I can see the door. I can see the door is locked. Can't see the laundry room. You don't think there's little wall people living back there? Maybe. They live in your... Maybe. They're ob- they're so they- sometime I'll, I'll turn the light off and I'll stand there. Wait and see if I hear anything. Maybe somebody comes out. And there's real stories of this happening? Yeah. You can... Yeah. I mean, it's on the internet. It's on the internet, so it's got to be real. There's nobody ever faked anything on the internet before. these are benevolent people. They're living in your walls. They just want your scraps. They don't seem like bad people. They're just living in the walls. It scares me, though. But if they they wanted to kill you, they would have already done it. Yeah. Why would they kill you? They're... they're, they I, are. They need me. Yeah, you're, there's a symbiosis. Yeah, they Maybe feed right. off your scraps and your trash and all your bullshit. They listen to you. You're you're their entertainment. Wow, I never thought of it that way. Think of it as a positive. They, if they wanted to kill you, they would have done it, Andy. Yeah, but what if I go to sleep on the couch one night and there's somebody that I wake up and it's like there's somebody standing there. It's gonna freak me out. Yes, that would be very freaky. But these are wall people. They're very good at, at, they know how to stay out of sight. They know how to stay unseen. I guess that's true. They live in the walls. What would Give you- the wall people a chance. What would you think if you found out wall people were living in your house? Oh, I would be very disturbed and I would kick them out. Okay. But they are, it's not the worst thing. I think there's worse things. That's true. Especially if they're benevolent. I mean, if they're doing weird benevolent shit to me. Wall, benevolent wall people. Benevolent wall people. There's nothing that wrong with them. Give it up for the benevolent wall people. Anyway, let's get to our verdicts here on the big gray man. The big, the big gray wall person himself. The big gray mountain person himself. <laughs> the guy the guy who lives in the mountain. Lives <laughs> living in the mountain's walls. Um, Andy, I mean, go ahead. All right. I, I feel like we kind of know where you're headed. So I guess I'm going to... I guess I gotta I gotta go with like what's what's the most uh like probable thing. So it's like is this 
a cryptid. This is the big question, right? Is this a cryptid? Is it? Is it a cryptid? Um, plausible molecule. This is a cryptid. I, I really think it's probably just Brock inspectors the whole time. I think it's just natural phenomena. Wow. That people are misinterpreting. Wow. As, I mean, James Hogg pretty much proved it. This hogged out poet did an experiment, proved it. It was just his own shadow. People in Germany confirmed it. Nobody's ever been able to confirm a cryptid, but people have confirmed that phenomenon. I'm leaving the door open because, look, there's lots of wildlife on Ben McDewey. Yeah. It's not just, it's not desolate. Right. Maybe there is some kind of creature out there that people have actually experienced as part of this whole gray man thing. I think a lot yeah, of yeah. What did Tenowin shoot? Yeah, who knows? He shot something. He shot, he shot himself. He might have just shot into the air. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So I'm saying plausible molecule. It's a cryptid. I think it's way, way, way more likely that it's you know, rock inspectors or other natural things in, in affecting people. Fair enough, Andy. I, I, I'll agree with you. You know, I think uh, I'll go. Uh, I'll go plausible. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. <gasps> oh. Mm-hmm. I'll go highly plausible that it is the same natural phenomena. Brock inspectors. Brock. What is the it? Brock inspectors. What is it? Brock inspectors. Brock inspectors. I'll go highly plausible. Like a specter, like a ghost. But that's leaving a little bit of room yeah, for it to be uh, a cryptid of some kind. Maybe a bear. Mm, Joe Nickel. But I think for the most part, probably the bulk of them. And I'm also going to say that, uh, yeah, <laughs> Kali just made the story up because he was a fucking, he was a shit poster and a master of it and a badass dude. And uh, he was just having a laugh. So he just made up the story. Wow. But then other people started to be like noticing this natural phenomenon and attributing it to, wow, the the big gray man. So, wow, I mean, all you J Norman Collie lovers out there, send us your hate because there you go. Art took a big steam and dump on J Norman. No, Collie. I'm saying he's a fucking rad dude. I said he's a wow. badass dude. Yeah, but you loved he made, it. To- made the whole thing up. No, he in a way that it's like he was having a laugh. He was doing it for shits and giggles. But you think you think his experience is real? He probably saw something. Maybe he saw the Brock Inspector, and then, uh, uh, you know, then he was just kind of like, uh, "Hey, I'm going to talk about this. Fuck this organization for inviting me so late." I think that's what <laughs> happened. Okay, because he's into that stuff. All right, all you X-ray and neon fans out there, get ready to shit on art because he's he's hitting. Hey, back what hard. am I? Hey, wait, 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 you don't just put this on me, buddy. Yeah, this is on you. No, hundred no. percent on you. All Andy. the ca- all the camping enthusiasts are going to come after me. All the J. Norman Collie heads are coming after you. Okay. They're going to get their J. Norman cauliflowers all together. Uh, and-, and then all of Scotland is going to hate us. Well, yeah. And they probably already do. That's a given. For the most part. Anyway, bunk bunkers, those are there our was unavoidable. It's unavoidable for every country. Yeah. Every country hates us. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, let us know. Email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Well, use the hashtag... Um, Hashtag, uh, 
Ooh, um, uh, oh boy. Hashtag. Let's see, what's something funny that happened? <laughs> Hashtag cast iron. Hashtag cast iron. Let us know what you think about the big gray man and Ben McDwee. Um, email us mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at mrbunkerpod. Um, you know, you can find us on YouTube, mm -hmm. YouTube mrbunkerpod. And then also, if you feel so inclined, have the means to do so, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash mrbunkerpod. Two extra episodes a month. Of our Patreon-only show, Andy and Artie Bunked. We do lots of fun content on there. Weekly new world news roundups, comedy stuff, um, different sort of research-based episodes where we cover different topics, interesting people, interesting phenomena. Um, you get the Bunker newsletter, the Bunker Discord access. Come chat with us, chat with other Bunk Funkers. And the monthly newsletters. Andy, any last words before we ascend, descend, Bunker Mountain? <laughs> descend Bunker Mountain. Uh, what was that Disney movie about Witch's Mountain? Oh. You know the one. Uh, but anyway. Return from Witch Mountain? Yeah, make it Bunker Mountain. Return from Bunker Mountain. And then whatever the plot of that movie is, just make it about this podcast. Okay. So, <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Do, everybody do the work for me on this joke because I don't know the plot of it. I barely even know the title. Well, speaking of the title, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my beastie. Yeah. Co-host. All right. Andy Hart. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Oh, mole of Kintyre. Oh, mist rolling in from the sea. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read.